You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Um, well, hey, we're in the There's Joy in the City series, and I love this concept, and I uh, want to talk a little bit about what God's intention is for cities and how you and I can participate in bringing joy into our city. So we're planted in the house of the Lord, but we're also planted in cities. And, and we're going to work and talk through how the house of God, the church of God, and the people of God bring joy to the city. Can we do this? Are you ready? Okay. Um, it's a pretty fresh word. I've never preached this word before. That's what I love about Awaken is there's always something fresh going on. And if your life is stale, get around the house of God and it'll freshen up. Um, But let's start real quick in Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 4. It's very important scripture because this is the first scripture that Jesus opened up and did his first message. The first time he opened the word of God, it was this. So you wonder if the Son of God... The first thing he has to say might be important for us to know. Let's talk about it. Okay, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me, empowered me, put power in me, okay, to bring good news to the poor. In case you don't know, good news to the poor is not that somebody else feeds them. It's that they are actually given the ability to sustain and supply for themselves. Okay, I just, just so we know, like, you know, God, God, when he comes to heal blind people, good news to a blind person isn't they're led around by somebody who sees. Good news to a blind person is you see. So good news to the poor is that you can now provide for yourself. Okay, but let's keep moving. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Let's keep going. He has sent me, this is him, Jesus, recognizing who he is and why he came. God sent me, this is Jesus, sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. It's very important to know that there are enemies of the righteous, enemies of the church, enemies of the city, And it's important to realize that God wants to act on behalf of those that are harming the city. So I don't have to just take up God's righteous cause. I need to be in line with a God who knows how to deal with the enemies of the city. Okay, let's keep going, though. This is huge. Okay. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair, which is another word for hopelessness. In other words, in the middle of hopeless situations, you'll be able to sing again in hope because of me. This is what Jesus came to do. One of the things that I've discovered about Jesus that's the most powerful thing he breaks in a person's life is hopelessness. Not just generic hopelessness either. Hopelessness that you and I might be staring at right now. Jesus came to break hopelessness and replace it with praise and and life. In their righteousness, they will be like, get this, great, keep going, oaks 
that the Lord has planted for his own glory. In other words, Jesus saying, I've come to plant righteousness in the city. People that represent me planted in my house and in my city who grow up to glorify me. This is what he came to do. He came to change the DNA of the human race. He didn't just come to forgive the human race. He came to change the dynamic and the DNA of the human race so that we actually could represent him in the earth. This is what he came to do. This is what he came to do. This is what he came to do. But let's go to the next. And they, us, will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago, We, or they, he's talking about us now. See, he came to put his spirit in us so that we could revive cities, though they've been deserted, or righteousness, or life, or or the, the, the principles that bring life to the people have been deserted. We are going to restore um back. That's that's what that's what we're gonna talk about today. Joy in the city. Sound good? Would you like to be a part of restoring the city? Yeah. Now, um, real quick, I'm going to give us a quick overview of what every city in America has in common. We all have the same seven pillars in every city that have to be addressed. The first and foremost pillar of every city, number one, is the church. Now, we don't think of that anymore, and the reason is, as Jesus said, if salt loses its flavor, if salt loses its influence, it's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And so we happen to live in devastated cities that no longer value the church. That doesn't mean the church isn't value, valuable. It just means that we've retreated from our primary role to be in the city to bring life and truth and morality. And when cities lose their morality, it's the church's fault. It's the pulpit's fault. It's our fault. It's our responsibility. That's why God is awakening us so that we can take our place in the city and bring the city back to what it was intended to be. The church is number one in San Diego. San Diego might not know it yet, but you and I need to know it. You and I need to wake up to how vital it is that the church thrives in our city, that the church wins in our city, that the church is relevant, that the church restores saltiness again. Are we okay? I've been accused of being moderately passionate. Second pillar in every city is the family unit. You lose the family unit, you lose the city. There's a battle over the family, the definition of the family, the purpose of the family, what a healthy family is, what it isn't. Most of the fallout in the city has to do with broken family. Most of the dysfunction in my life right now has to do with something in my family that wasn't working, that wasn't healthy, that wasn't righteous, that wasn't prospering, and now I'm struggling with fear. Now I'm struggling with rejection. Now I'm struggling with bitterness. Now I'm struggling with trust issues. Now I'm, you're tracking with me. So most of the issues that are in the city come from broken families. There's five other spheres that are in every city. These are the pathfinder spheres. 
See, but you're never going to change the city unless you get these first two pillars right. Okay? That's why we're a church that wants to bless the city, impact the city. But there's other five spheres. One is economic. Now, I'll tell you what. I've been in nations where the economy is broken. And it's very hard to do good when there's a broken economy. I want you to know, if this nation continues down the road it's on, it's going to be far more difficult for us. And that's why we need to prosper, like Pastor John is saying, because prosperity puts us back in a position of authority where we can bring change. If you're continually staying in poverty, you have no influence and you won't change anything. It's imperative that we are the blessed ones in the city so that we can change the city. So economy is huge. Politics. Politics are intended to bless the city. They're broken in many cases, but it's our job, and we're waking up here to take our place in politics. We will continue to be sending people into the city council, sending people into the state assembly, believing and calling governors up. It's one of the things I love about Awaken is we actually believe we're supposed to occupy the political places. We are, we are, we are, we are. It's our responsibility. This is the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God right now is that you may have a bent towards politics. Plant yourself in the house of the Lord and let God bless you and flourish you in your bent. Here's the next thing. In every city, every city, education. What happens if the education system's broken? What if you're, imagine something crazy. Like there was an education system that actually taught that there aren't two genders. That there was biological confusion and there were children, five-year-olds taught that they may be a boy, they may be a girl, who knows what they are. Do you think that there's fallout in the city if five-year-olds are confused? It's confusing enough to be five. I don't need to be struggling with the basics of life. So what, what happens if I live in a city that's teaching children or the education system is indoctrinating children to be confused? Pulling truth out. Is there fallout from that? See, if we're going to fix the city, if we're going to see joy return to the city, we need to first get the church right, and then from the church we begin to penetrate every sphere of culture. We're coming after education. Yeah, we are. We are. A healthy church takes responsibility for everything that's broken. Arts and entertainment. Arts and entertainment and sports. Sometimes, if God wants to bring joy back to the city, he'll use sports. Case in point, Drew Brees had a chance to go play for the Miami Dolphins, felt God call him to play for the New Orleans Saints right after Hurricane Katrina. New Orleans is in a state of severe desperation, despairing, feeling hopeless. And God raises up a quarterback and a football team to restore joy and hope in a city and help rebuild it. Don't think that he's not into arts and entertainment. 
I like a church that's into arts and entertainment. You know, we have the hero musical coming up. Now, I want you to hear me. This is one of the the things that I want us as a church to change our language. A lot of times when we're introducing hero, we feel because religion is always has to be about getting people saved and getting people, you know, baptized. And, And it does. It does. Don't get me wrong. But the church has to influence the city's arts and entertainment. And we unapologetically put on the best productions in the city. The best productions. In fact, we need to be better. We need to keep raising the bar on arts and entertainment. Because when arts and entertainment are in the hands of the righteous, in the hands of the church, guess what? The people benefit from it. You leave encouraged. You leave uplifted. The most, the highest influencers in the world today are in what industry? The entertainment industry. If we don't go after that and just... Listen, I'm, I'm excited that 700 people are going to get saved at Hero, okay? But I'm equally as excited that we're taking the arts back. I'm just saying. Because influence is in the arts. And if I only look at a few people that are converted and I don't look at influence in culture, I'll miss the bigger things. Is this Okay. Do we want a little joy in the city? The problem with the church is we've played church. But that's not how Awaken does it. We're not playing church. We're building church. We're rebuilding cities. Okay, so we talked about the economy. We talked about politics. We talked about education. We talked about um, arts and entertainment. The final one is the media. Okay, basically the media is determining calling good, good, and evil, evil, or calling good, evil, and evil, good, or, and infusing courage in you, celebrating heroes, doing feature articles on people that are overcoming, or doing, putting fear in you infusing, I'm telling you, the media is going to tell, it's going to broadcast the spirit of those who run it. Who needs to run the media? The righteous do. So what we're talking about is we're waking up to the church's vital role to influence every sphere of culture. If we're going to bring joy into the city, we need to identify every sphere of culture and invade it. Sound good? All right, let's talk about this. So we're going to talk about today, the message is called City Engineers. Now, an engineer, a city engineer, is somebody whose job, his responsibility is to build the infrastructure of the city so that it works properly. And if we're going to be people that participate in that, we need to understand the phases of rebuilding the city. Okay? And so the first phase of rebuilding the city is city recovery. In other words, you have a broken city. We talked about broken family. We talked about broken education. In some of us, we've even dealt with broken religion. Any system that's designed 
to be healthy and functional, that's not, causes fallout. And what fallout creates is injured, depressed, hopeless, bound, addicted people who need to be recovered. Our primary role, the first, the first step in the process, and it's a never-ending step, is that we're on a recovery mission. In the last three years, recovery, the need for recovery, the urgency on recovery, the anointing. Remember Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to recover. Listen, there's no one more impassioned about restoring you back to your original intent than God. Jesus was a recovery mission, and you and I are the objects of his love and the objects of the price he paid. He didn't buy you with silver and gold. He bought us with his own son's blood to buy us back into freedom. And one of the things I love about the Awaken community is that we have platformed and put our resources and put our best leaders on the recovery mission. Can we honor Morgan and Jenny, our recovery pastors? Our city needs the most anointed, most powerful, most creative, most wonderful, most trustworthy people leading the charge into recovery. There's so much more work to do, huh? The testimonies we hear are just crazy. I was just at men's prayer. Um, I was visiting one of our other campuses, East Campus, on Tuesday, and I heard the story of a, of a man who um, went to Emerge, and he has a history of meth addiction, and he's a powerhouse. His name's Joey, and he had been called by the wife of another man who was on meth at the time, and Joey shows up at the guy's door, and the guy's high as a kite, you know what I mean? Anybody ever been there? <laughs> I just want you to know I minister from a place of being found in dark places. God came and found me when I was bound, okay? So I love being an instrument to rescue. I love recovery. We will, we will always be on recovery missions. Okay, and he ends up talking this guy into come to Emerge and uh, he didn't care that he was high. He just knew he needed to get him into the environment. And he shows up, and he, he got a text this week that it's the first time his wife had referred to him as her husband in three years because he came so radically recovered at our Emerge ministry. So give it up. That's not accidental. That's intentional. That's intentional. You want to know how to close the loop on whether or not you've been recovered? Start engaging in the process of recovering others. <laughs> it is. It's the final step, huh, Morgan? Becoming an instrument of recovery. Because the secret to being recovered is you've shifted your focus off of you. And you are now on a mission to help somebody else. City recovery. We got a lot of work to do. But here's the thing, if we stop at recovery, we're going to continue to have a city that's led by the perverse, led by the broken, and we're going to continue to have a mess to clean up. What if we could fix the systems that are causing the problems? Let's talk about the next step in the process. It's called city rebuilding. City rebuilding. 
Now, before we do this, let's see if there's any biblical context for rebuilding cities. We were singing that great song, you're the same God then, you're the same God now. I, I, I need to call on the God of Nehemiah. Who, who was actually not affected by the brokenness of his city because he was living in another kingdom, in another city, in a nice position. He was the king's cupbearer. High society, sipping wine, bills paid for, hanging out with royalty, crushing it. Now, he wasn't a pathfinder because a pathfinder is not crushing it for themselves while the city they're called to suffers. A pathfinder will give up comfort to go fix something. But they understand, and where you are correct, is they were in a position to do something about it. Because where you're correct in that he was a a pathfinder is he was in a position, he just wanted to use his influence to fix something. City builders will use their influence to fix something. Okay, so um, let's keep moving for the sake of time. How's everybody doing? Um, God's looking right now, though, for people that will partner with him to go fix things. I do want you to know the anointing that was on Jesus was also on Nehemiah to fix cities. And so if you're called to rebuild broken cities and systems and structures, um, God doesn't just know how to fix people. He knows how to fix everything. And he cares that everything is fixed because he doesn't like systems that injure people. Somebody has to leave their comfort zone and go fix education. Somebody is going to have to say, God, here I am. My, survi- my personal survival might not be at stake, but I just can't sleep anymore. Watching my city fall apart. I need to do something. That's some of the spirit that we need to catch. If we're going to be the church in the city that makes the city joyful again, we're going to have to catch the responsibility of the church again. Some of you might be right out of recovery. And this is the very thing you need, is to take up a cause, to go work to build the systems and structures in the city, connected to the church, but influencing the different spheres. You tracking with me? Let's be city rebuilders. The next one, city encouragers. It's one of the things I love most about Pastor Jurgen Matesi is no matter where he is, he's the greatest encourager I have ever seen. If you're a star, if you're an, uh, uh, a barista and you're making coffee, if you've just made it for Pastor Jurgen, you think you're the best barista that's ever made coffee, ever. You believe it like you are encouraged. I, but that's the head of the house. Like that's the spirit of Awaken. We're in the city to encourage it. Do you understand that? One of my heroes is William Colgate. Anybody ever heard of that guy? I only brush my teeth with Colgate toothpaste. And there's a reason why. William Colgate uh, moved over here in the 1700s, right when America was fighting for its freedom. His father was a sympathizer 
with those that loved freedom. And he was persecuted in England because they didn't like America having its freedom. Okay, and there's, anyway, let's keep moving. So they moved over here to Boston and started a company, and it failed. And little William was only 19 years old, and he was on a canal. He was in a canal uh, on a boat um, floating from Boston in, to New York. And uh, he ran into a guy who was a Christian, and he started telling him his dream to start a soap, soap company not very sexy, but I'm in the flooring business, which is also not sexy. So I'm inspired by the soap business. Can't find a lot of them out there that make flooring look cool. But just know it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And it's who you do it for. Just snow. It's funny, the thing that took the thing that took the Queen of Sheba's breath away wasn't what was done, it was the way it was done. Just know that. So this guy is riding in a, it was, it's like a modern day Uber. Who knows who this guy was, but he obviously had a huge effect on him because a discouraged William Colgate was riding in a boat with somebody who was full of courage and told him, somebody needs to be the best soap maker in New York. Why not be you? Let me just give you two bits of advice. Do it with integrity and honor God. City encourager. I wonder if Colgate went on to employ a lot of people in New York. I wonder if Colgate went on to be very generous towards churches and orphanages and things that mattered to his heart. Because he bought in to the truth that if God's in my business, I can make a difference, even my soap business. You need to go home and change your toothpaste. I'm just telling you. We need to be the greatest encouragers in the city. Because God wants to do great things in our city. And there are great young entrepreneurs, young artists, young politicians that might just need your faith, might just need your courage, might just need you to put courage in them. I want you to know, to fix broken things, it takes courage. You can feel all alone. You can feel discouraged, disoriented, despairing. And maybe it's you that's going to encourage somebody to keep going, to get up again. Anybody with me? And finally... This is where we're going. Fourth point. Notice the progression. We're moving from city recovery to city rebuilding to city encouraging to city prosperity. Hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm going to share two more scriptures and then we're going to wrap this up. Everybody doing all right? Feeling a little encouraged? You got into my boat. And I'm just telling you, you can do it. You can do it. God's with you. He's for you. He's got big, big things to do through you. I want to talk a little bit about prosperity because prosperity kind of has a bad name. And the church's job is to reintroduce prosperity the right way. I just want you to know that. Our job is to reintroduce prosperity in the right context. So let's just share a couple scriptures. Then we're going to pray. When the righteous 
prosper, the city rejoices. We're talking about joy in the city, right? Therefore, what happens if the righteous don't prosper? So let me ask you this. Do you have permission to prosper or a responsibility to prosper? I happen to believe we have a responsibility to prosper. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Let's go. One more. This is Psalm uh, 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. I want you to know, I've probably, I mean, I'm the Pathfinder guy. I have to know the prosperity scriptures of the Bible, right? You would think. <laughs> I want you to know, I've never seen this scripture like I saw today preparing for tonight. And I started to see the lens of why God delights in our prosperity when we're his servants. Because it means that if I take up God's cause... He wants to prosper it. That means if I take up the cause of fixing the city that he cares about, because in the city are the people he values, and as much as God loves to recover, he'd prefer that you didn't fall into it. I know, I'm a parent. I'm a parent. There's nothing my kids can do to remove my love for them, but I would prefer they stay healthy. I would prefer they have healthy relationships. I would prefer they have confidence. I would prefer they live without fear. I would prefer they do not go down the road of addiction. I would prefer that they are successful. I never ever think one day, wow, what could I do to help make my kid's life more difficult? I just don't think that way. But if my kids fall into adversity, peril, dysfunction, do you think I want to restore them? But, But please understand, God wants prosperity back in the righteous so that he can eliminate the valuable ones he has from falling into tracking. And so prosperity, I started to realize like if we would be people, instead of asking God to bless my stuff, but if we would be his servants and say, God, what do you want to fix? What do you want to heal? What do you want to restore in the city? I happen to have a bent towards arts and entertainment. I can, I'm, I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying as if I were you. And, and God, I want, I know I've come from a lot, but I just want to put my hand up and be a part of fixing. What happens is he takes pleasure in the prosperity of those who take up his cause. You're almost like responding like you already knew that. I, I'm like brand new to the reality that God wants to bless me when I get into alignment with what he wants to do. And and I'm going to end with this. I'm going to close with this. God wants the city. God's a city taker. Hear me. Look at David when he stopped, when he was looking at the Jebusites. Remember the Jebusites? If, If you know anything about David, when he first came into power, he, he, nobody believed that you know, they, they knew he took Goliath, but they didn't think he could take cities. See, they, they saw him as a God, as a man who had a, a personal God who could deal with his 
personal battles. They just didn't realize that he actually served a God that knew how to take cities. And so the Jebusites are like, the blind and the lame could keep you out of here, David. There's no chance you'll ever come in to this city. It's an untakeable city. And that's how it is in California. I mean, we have 80 years of corruption with Nancy Pelosi's family. Her father was a mobster. I mean, it, you, there's a lot of corruption in California. And if you take on a mindset that God might be able to heal my headache, but he can't heal my city, you won't step into the battle that's required of you. Are you tracking with me? So please understand, yeah, I'm going to call on the God of David because I have my own Goliath. Yes, yes. But I don't just have my own Goliath. I have my own city. I'm going to call on the God of David who brought the ark of God to Jerusalem, the city that said you can't come in here, the city that said you'll never, you'll never take the city. I'm calling on the God who takes cities. Why don't we all stand on our feet? It's good. We gotta be done. I'm a little excited. Give yourself a hand real quick for valuing the house of God. Can you do me a favor? And if you just wanna be a part of fixing things, can you just put your hand up? Like you, you wanna be a part of the solution that it's just not enough for you anymore to just, you know, be the king's cupbearer and have your own needs met. Your own life's fine while your city's falling apart, your nation's falling apart. The things around you, it, it, look around, you're not alone. You're not alone. When you feel alone, because sometimes when you're trying to fix broken things, you feel all alone. But let me just pray for you. Maybe put your hand on the person next to you. Father God, I just declare a shift in our understanding of just how vital the church is, how vital we are. And I just declare a true awakening inside of us that activates us out of personal giants and turns our attentions towards city giants and things that need to be fixed on a larger, enlarge us, enlarge us, enlarge us. Enlarge our faith, enlarge our courage, enlarge our expectation. We break contract with hopelessness and despair and fatalism as it pertains to city issues. God, we all are in a place where we know you can heal bodies and deliver addictions, but we're looking at the city from a different lens today. We shift our lenses and we say, you're a city-taking God. You're a city restoring God. You're a city rebuilding God. You're a city prospering God. And I just declare us as your instruments and agents of rebuilding the city and bringing joy back into it. If you believe God's doing that, give him a big shout. A big shout. He is doing it. He is doing it. Okay, I gotta be done. Last thing. Last thing, we have a lot of new people in here all the time. It's one of the greatest things about our campus is it's a great place to invite friends. But if you're here and for the first time, 
you've been hearing about this God and been in this environment, but you have not yet invited Jesus Christ, the Savior of not just this city, but the Savior of my life, the Savior, the one who changed everything for me and brought me out of brokenness into life. If you're here and you know who you are and you need Jesus Christ to become the Savior of your life, if you're here, can you just shoot your hand up? I need to know who you are. I need to know who you are if you're here. Come on. Yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on, keep waving really high. I see you. I see you. I see there's quite a few of us. Oh, yeah, let's go. This whole family. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. He's doing amazing things in our city. And he's going to do it through you. Okay, hear me. We're a family here. You're coming into the family of God. Okay? Let's pray together as a family. Repeat after me, all of us. Father God, I thank you that you loved me so much. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. Not to just forgive me, but to change my nature. To be a son, a daughter of the living God. I receive you, Jesus Christ, as my personal Savior. I belong to you now. I'm forgiven. I'm a new creation. I'm yours. I also make you my king. That means I serve your interests. And I expect you to prosper me because I'm your servant now. I work for you now. I'm yours. I love your family. I love you. And I love you, Holy Spirit. Fill my life in Jesus' name. We all say amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.